Welcome to the Jake Brown Podcast. My name is Jake. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Whoever's out there listening, maybe it's zero people. Maybe it's a million people. I have absolutely no idea. It's probably definitely not a million people since this is my first episode. Um, Technically, it's my second episode. Uh, However, I decided to kind of do a little hard reset Uh, I was having some formatting issues and didn't really like the way that things were turning out with the first one. Um, So I'm starting over. Um, I'm still going to be on Spotify uh, and I'm obviously going to post up the episodes on my Twitter, which is at Jake Brown pod. So feel free to give me a follow. Um, Same format. I'm going to be discussing some health related topics kind of just from my own personal experience of uh, doing sports over the years and training and exercising, Um, maybe some rants about things that are going on in my world, uh, things I like, things I don't like. And then uh, I think it's important for me and for all new boxers out there, I want to talk about uh, kind of my journey that I've been going through for almost a year now of boxing, which has been a lot of fun, very difficult, but a lot of fun. So we'll uh, we'll get into that later on in the episode. Um, so to start off with, I, I want to talk about sodium intake. And the reason that sodium kind of has been on the forefront of my mind, uh, I noticed five years ago, uh, I've been, I guess for lack of a better way to put it, sweating profusely. And I just attributed that to me getting older. I'm 47 years old. Uh, I still exercise religiously. Um, I do CrossFit. Uh, Like I said earlier, I box. Um, I ride dirt bikes. So I race enduros and scrambles. Um, I like to run whenever I can, you know, weather permitting being up here in Washington. uh, You know, I'm kind of a fair weather runner. So if it's raining too hard, I'm not usually going to be out there. But I do enjoy running. Um, I just started noticing, man, I am sweating a lot, you know, to the point where, like, okay, this seems a bit much. And I just kind of chalked it up to Hormones, you know, as we get older, our bodies change, Um, you know, like metabolism slows down, hair falls out. (laughs) It definitely did for me. I mean, not in my 40s. It started falling out in my 20s. Um, So I just figured, oh, okay, my body's changing. Maybe this is just the way life is going to be from from now on going forward. I'm just going to be sweating a lot when I work out. And... I read a, a, a longer Twitter post, and I wish I could remember who made the post, um, but it was basically talking about the sodium intake that we have in our bodies and how uh, electrolytes are affected by our sodium. And one of the side effects of being dehydrated was excessive sweating. And I thought, oh, come on, like it can't be that simple, you know? Nothing is ever that simple. 
And I think the reason I didn't want to believe it was dehydration, I drink a ton of soda water. I don't really care for just regular old water. Uh, I really like soda water. I, I don't, I like the bubbles, you know, uh, it's flavored, like it's, it's just good. So I'm always drinking soda water. And in my mind, hey, it's still water. I must be hydrated. I don't cramp up when I'm doing things. Um, and if I do, you know, they're not like severe cramps, just kind of the normal, you know, little muscle twinges here and there, nothing crazy. I never imagined that I was actually dehydrated. So what this post was suggesting, if you're feeling dehydrated, your electrolytes are low, have a little bit of salt water. Okay, your sodium's probably low. And I'm thinking, yeah, there's no way that it's that simple. Okay, so I did a little test. Uh, I, in the morning, and this was now, it's been about a week and a half. Uh, I had about a, a 16 ounce uh, glass of water. And the recommendation was a quarter teaspoon to a half teaspoon of salt mixed in that water. So I did that. I did a half teaspoon of salt and I drank a glass of water in the morning. And then about two hours before uh, I went to the gym, I did another glass of water with another half teaspoon of salt. And it was like magic. I don't wanna say that I wasn't sweating, but I was sweating like, I guess what I would consider to be a normal person. I wasn't sweating excessively. And I had no other reason to think that it was definitely me being dehydrated. I felt great during the workout. I didn't have any kind of brain fog. Um, you know, I work out hard, so obviously I get tired. But it wasn't the kind of like brain fatigue where you're just like, ugh, it's really gritting your teeth and grinding to get through a workout. I felt good the whole time. My energy felt good. Uh, my brain felt good. You know, my eyes were good. I could focus. I wasn't getting blurry vision or anything. Really a whole bunch of symptoms that I clearly had just been ignoring for years of me being dehydrated. Uh, or... Um, substituting with, you know, sugars or something like that, just to try to boost my energy, as opposed to simply hydrating my body, right? So the next day, I thought, well, you know, you know, we can't just simply rely on, you know, an anomaly here. Let's do, let's do it again. Okay, let's do it again. So the next day, I did the same thing. Lo and behold, same results felt great. Still sweating, but it was a normal amount, nothing crazy. You know, I felt like hey, I'm not leaving a giant pool of sweat here on the ground when I'm done. I'm now doing this every day. Um, and I understand, you know, our diet, what we consume has salt. Um, it's recommended that we get anywhere from 1,500 to 23 milligrams of sodium per day. Personally, I'm way below that. I, I know that just based on what I eat on a daily basis. I don't go crazy with salt anyway when I do eat food. Um, I've now since started to add a little bit more to to foods that maybe I wouldn't have in the past. Um, but I'm still doing my, my two glasses of, of salt water, one in the morning and then one in the afternoon before I start my workouts. And it's been great. So if you're 
thing if you're having fatigue, why maybe you're having fatigue issues or, you know, brain fog, or maybe your eyes are having trouble focusing, um, excessive sweating, you're probably just dehydrated. You probably just need a quick jolt of electrolytes, get some sodium in your system. Um, if it worked for me, it's probably going to work for you. I mean, I understand, you know, all our bodies are different. But at the end of the day, we're all still humans, and we all still need a little bit of sodium in our bodies. Uh, without that sodium, bad things can happen. Um, I think, obviously, I'm not a doctor. So, you know, I'm just going to put this out there. Before you make any drastic dietary changes, consult your physician, you know, make sure that you're you're good to go from a professional's point of view. But uh, this is all kind of common knowledge stuff, stuff that I think I knew but had either forgotten or just really didn't take serious or just, you know, I don't know. Really, it was just me not taking it serious. I mean, let, let, let's be honest. Uh, this kind of thing was always in the back of my head. But I think in our society, especially in this country, we are quick to default to sugary drinks, you know, the Gatorades, the Powerades, stuff like that. Uh, those are a quick but temporary fix. Um, I feel like sustained energy, uh, more fatty foods and increasing my sodium has been a much better method. And my workouts have definitely improved now over, you know, the last couple weeks of doing this. So give it a try. You know, feel free, get on my Twitter, let me know if it works or if it doesn't work. Um, but I feel like it will work. So, yeah. All right. Moving on. All right. My, my little rant for today uh, it kind of has to do, well, it doesn't kind of have to do, it 100% has to do with shitty fans. Fans, short for fanatics. We all love our sports. We all love our teams. We all love our players, you know, whatever, whether it's football, soccer, basketball. For me personally, you know, yeah, I, I, you know, I like football. Uh, I played football growing up as a kid. Um, uh, it's a fun game. I, I'm really passionate, though, about motorcycle racing. I love, love, love MotoGP. Uh, I love World Superbike. Uh, I try to follow British Superbike as much as I can. I watch the Moto America series here in this country. Um, to get to the level of a, of a world-class championship like MotoGP, which is, that's the arguably the, the cream of the crop, okay? Those are the baddest riders on the baddest bikes. And what annoys me also true with World Superbike, which is a production-based series. Those riders are also all absolutely incredible at what they do, okay? Even the guys at the very back of the grid who are scoring zero points are still absolutely incredible, and I mean incredible riders. Those guys do things on a bike that I could only dream of. They do things on bikes that 99.9% .9 of humans cannot ever imagine doing on a bike, all right? 
So you got to imagine those guys finish in the top 15 and score a single point. How amazing are the dudes who are winning races, fighting for championships, winning championships, fighting for podiums, fighting for top fives, top tens. These guys are incredible. And what really just drives me nuts on social media and seeing fans who are almost tribal to their bike brand or to their favorite racers to the extent that they will absolutely trash another rider based on these ridiculous standards that don't exist. Okay. Case in point. He won the World Superbike Championship this year for Ducati. All right? He's on the V4R. Hands down, that was the best bike on the grid. Okay? No one's denying that that is the best bike on the grid. It's better than Kawasaki. Uh, It's a little bit better than the Yamaha, but the Yamaha was close. Yamaha's a great bike. Um, Definitely better than the Honda. Uh, better than the BMWs, all right? Um, is that the only reason that Batista won the world championship this year in World Superbike? Hell no. Hell no. Batista has been a factory rider just about his entire career. Standing 125s, 250s, MotoGP, World Superbike. Okay, the guy has raced at the highest levels. He has won just about everywhere. I'm not sure if he's actually won a race in the premier class of MotoGP, but he spent a lot of years racing in MotoGP. The guy's unbelievable. He is an unbelievable rider. So are we really going to talk shit about Batista? Because from a size standpoint, he's smaller than everybody else. Therefore, that's the only reason that he won. All those guys out there are small. None of them are huge. Granted, they're a little bit bigger now than they were probably, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. But none of these guys are like NFL size athletes. They're all slim, smaller dudes. Okay. Batista's just an amazing rider. His style suits that bike perfectly. Stop with this bullshit that the only reason he's winning races is because of his size and because of that bike. There are other Ducatis on that grid. Nobody, nobody is doing what Batista does. Nobody. The closest competitor that he has is Toprik Yamaha. That guy's just a maniac. You put him on any bike and he's going to be fast. He will be fast. However, Batista is still an amazing rider. And it just drives me nuts when people will take shots, degrade what he's accomplished simply because of one, his size, and two, the bike. It just, it drives me nuts. I feel like we really need to show these people, these racers, the the men and women that do this professionally for our entertainment, and I get it, like it's their livelihood. It's for our entertainment. 
give them a little more respect for how talented they are, for the dedication that they've shown from the time that, you know, they were little kids, three, four, five years old, when a lot of them started, you know, racing motorcycles. They have beat their bodies up for years for our entertainment. And I'm not going to sit here and disrespect any of them simply because one's on a better bike than the other one. All right. At that level, all those bikes are pretty damn good. All those riders are absolutely amazing. Stop disrespecting them. Stop being so tribal. It really gets old. All right. That's all I got on that. Okay. Last little topic for today. Uh, my little boxing corner segment. Um, man, boxing is hard. I've done a lot of sports in my life. Uh, I think the hardest sport I ever did, you know, I wrestled as a little kid uh, until I was a freshman in high school. And then I had had enough. I was like, man, this is just, this is too much. Uh, I'm going to go play basketball. Basketball is a lot easier than wrestling. Everything is a lot easier than wrestling. Boxing is a close second. Okay. It's brutal from a cardio standpoint, from a pain standpoint. There's a reason it's called the pain game. All right. The whole object punch someone in the face simultaneously trying not to get punched in the face, which is literally impossible because the entire object of the sport is to punch someone in the face. So you're going to get hurt. You're going to get punched. It's just part of this. It's just part of the game. That said, is it a lot of fun? It is so exhilarating. It's a great workout. I mean, if anyone out there is considering boxing, you do not have to spar if you don't want to spar. You can just join a gym and you can just do the workouts, do the training, uh, learn. I think it, it's good for people to learn anyway how to defend themselves, but uh, it's a great workout regardless. Personally, I enjoy the sparring aspect of it. I have no desire to fight any amateur fights. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm too, I feel like I'm too old for that. Oh, maybe I'm not. Who knows? Uh, I, I tend to change my mind a lot on things. Um, but for now, I'm very content learning and, and sparring when, when I can spar. Um, if you look at any like boxing highlights, uh, I, there's never any focus on footwork. Okay. What do you see when you go to you know Instagram or YouTube or you know any other video you know host? You just see people getting knocked out. You know you see the big punches, the big uppercuts, the big hooks. You know the big right hands. You know, guys, you know, getting weak in the knees, stumbling around, getting knocked out. Like, those are cool. That's what makes the highlights, you know. What you don't see is the footwork that goes into making those punches, those combinations, those knockouts happen. And my approach when I first started boxing was, okay, I, you know, I, I knew how to punch. I thought I knew how to punch. I didn't really know how to punch. As I was learning how to punch, I didn't realize how important footwork is. Boxing is a game from the feet up. Okay? What you do with your feet speaks volumes for what you will do with your hands. And 
I think I kind of took it for granted a little bit how difficult the whole footwork aspect was going to be when I was learning how to do this sport. And I'm at a point now, it's, you know, it's almost been a year, um, and by no means am I a good boxer. There are so many levels to boxing. It is insane. If there was a million levels to boxing, I'm on like level two right now, okay? I, I know just enough to be dangerous to myself. Um, uh, back to the footwork, it, it's everything. It, it is literally everything. And it's one of those fundamentals that I hope every, every gym out there, every coach out there is spending ample amount of time teaching their athletes, teaching their fighters, not necessarily, you know, what footwork is important for what combination, but why it's important, okay? Why you need to learn the footwork. The why is always the most important thing. And I, I'm fortunate, uh, I, I, have some, I have some great coaches at Brick3 Boxing in Olympia, uh, and then a, a, another gym I go to to spar once in a while, T-Town MMA with Elliot up in Tacoma. Very, very knowledgeable, and they harp on the basics. They harp on the fundamentals, and they are quick to point out when your footwork is not right. So I just wanted to talk about footwork for, the, for today's little boxing segment, why it's important. Um, if you're a new boxer out there, focus on the footwork. Focus on your feet. If you're in the kitchen cooking breakfast, do some foot drills. If you're walking down the hallway, do some, I don't know, do, do some step stuff. I practice stuff in my little cubicle at work every once in a while. I mean, if no one's there, you know, I don't want to freak people out. Um, I'm always working on punch combinations. I'm always working on footwork. I'm always working on stuff as, as much as I can. And when I get to the gym, practice, 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 practice. Uh, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't have a desire to be, you know, some pro fighter or anything like that, but it doesn't mean I, I can't take it serious and, and try to learn as much as I can. And if you're new, if you're just starting out, man, footwork is so important. So keep working that footwork and, uh, yeah, that's everything for today. Uh, I appreciate anyone who's out there tuning in. To the Jake Brown podcast. Again, I'm out there on Twitter, uh, Jake Brown Pod. So feel free to look me up, and I will see you on the next one.